welcome to another edition of the Stadium Journey podcast. For the full Stadium Journey experience, go to the website, stadiumjourney.com. Uh, connect with us on our social media channels. Find us at Stadium Journey. Audio versions of this podcast can be found by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever your favorite place to find podcasts is. We're there. We're everywhere. Video simulcast of this podcast and all of our old ones can be found at the Stadium Journey YouTube page and our classic back catalog can still be found at vocnation.com. And uh, thanks to those of you in the studio audience today, but for those of you watching this at a later time, we record every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And hey, we're happy to say the gang's all here tonight. Dave Cotney, Pro Fan 9, Mark Viquez, Paul Park Hunter, the other guy, Dan Calachico, Dan Law 83, and I am Paul Baker. You can find me at Parkman RI. So uh, tonight we are recording, as you can probably tell already, without a special guest. Tonight we are going to dedicate this podcast to the topic of fan conduct. So, you know, right now when you think of fan conduct, right now I'm sure that you have all been bombarded lately with videos of fans fighting in the stands. Or you can think back a few months when uh, all the NBA players were having to be restrained from going into the stands because fans were throwing things at them. So uh, let me start with the easy question. Is fan behavior getting worse? I, I was just to say real quick, it's weird that all those Philly fans would travel to all these different places and start fights. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's all those Philly people. Ah, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it got worse. It's gotten worse. I, that's my I, answer. I, I'm not sure it's gotten worse. It's It's... I think it's definitely fair to say that it's gotten closer to the action and that the that the players are reacting to it more now. Uh, and, well, and also consider the era that we're in now versus previous era. So uh, social media being what it is, you know, the, those players who can, they can react on their own. They don't even have to wait for a question from from the reporter in the scrum or anything like that. Well, I'm going to disagree with you guys right off the bat and say a lot of this, in my opinion, I mean, it's not great, but I don't think it's getting worse. I would agree that uh, we, we see it more now. Cause I can think as a kid, I can think of the 1981 playoffs, Cedric Maxwell going into the stands at the spectrum to beat the living crap out of some guy in plaid pants. I can remember Jim Rice, Climbing up into the stands at Yankee Stadium to chase some guy who took his hat when he went to go catch a foul ball. Mike Milbury slapping somebody with a shoe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the most legendary of them all. So I <laughs> think this stuff has all been happening. I mean, fights in the stands have been happening, geez, from day one. I mean, some of the worst fights I can remember uh, going to San Francisco and seeing a giant brawl in the stands, going to uh, Charlotte in a preseason game and watching uh, Titans and Panther fans in a preseason game beating the snot out of each other. So I don't think this is anything new. I think the age of social media puts it right in our faces. All right. Yeah. It, well, you know, you're probably right. I think it looks worse because of that. There's 24 seven surveillance now, um, you know, with the, it started picking up a little bit, kind of, you, you would think with the 24 hour news services in the eighties. And now it's, it's picking up again because of all the, uh, yeah, everybody's everybody's got their own personal 24-7 little news uh, service right in their hands. And, you know, instead of stopping, stepping in and stopping sometimes, like, actually, I was going to bring up a pretty horrific story. I'll let that go. In Philly, where they just filmed it, instead of stopping it, you see everything now. Everything gets filmed. Everything gets reported, which is good or bad. Sometimes it's stupid. Tim Capper uh, from YouTube on YouTube says beer and uh, beer slash intoxication equals fights. Well, I mean, what was that? Five cent beer night in Cleveland in 1974. Could you imagine <laughs> that happen now? Oh my God. All the footage we would have. Disco Demolicious 79. Everybody would be in jail for at least oh, the night. Wow. And we have footage of that. We have the live game and news features from that. So, Ooh. but, yeah, but here's something I, I would throw out uh, at you. In that is that. We're, see, we, we're seeing a lot more in the NBA lately, right? I think it's the, the NBA stuff is a little bit more high profile. And knowing the cost of tickets now, mm -hmm. I'm not sure we've ever seen like this kind of fan behavior 
from people with so much money. Right? Like, you know, back in the day, were tickets, you know, that much? Like, was the gap between, like, Joe Average and, and courtside seats as big as it is now? Like, we're talking about, you know. Absolutely not. No. High-powered, high like, mucho dinero people sitting in the front row or the second row. Like, the, I, where was it? it? I'm Utah. There was a guy tossed out. He was sitting in, like, the front row uh, for, I don't know, he was saying he was talking smack or somebody, something to somebody. And, uh, you know, that wasn't even, that wasn't even throwing anything or that yeah, was just talk. I, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's justified and I'm not saying that that guy being tossed is wrong. It's absolutely right. But it just surprises me that it's happening as much in the NBA as it is. And so close to the action. Uh, I wonder if that guy, remember that guy in Washington who was famous for just non-stop stream of vulgarity for yeah. the whole two and a half hours. Is he still around? And would he be doing the same thing today? I think that was part of the show. That was at a time when uh, the NBA, I guess, needed some attention. Early 80s. And if you were ever within earshot of that guy, holy but, cow, you had to wash your ears out with soap after the game. Yeah, but but he became quite popular. I remember MTV Rockin' Jams, basketball, had him. They brought him out to their inaugural game because, you know, he was just such a famous heckler. But, yeah, I can only imagine the things uh, he was saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him if he's still around. But I remember going to see Yankee games in the bleachers back in the late 80s, early 90s, and the stuff they would say to the opposing right fielder was vicious. Yeah, yeah I remember. had kids there. Guys would bring their kids there. I remember the fights in the, in the old Foxborough Stadium. And when, you know, I was in high school, our, none of our parents would let us go to the games. So we would have to sneak up to Foxborough to go to a Patriots game because, and part of the fun was watching the drunks in the end zone fight it My stepfather, I, I have no idea how I was allowed. To, my stepfather would drive me to the, round the corner where the spectrum was and let me walk. And then he'd pick me up at the same corner. Don't know how I was allowed to do that. Um, the basketball thing, an observation. To not get into a do, too deep uh, philosophical discussion. Um, with social media and fans being outspoken, players are also more outspoken and getting how they believe and what they and their personal beliefs out there. And recently, with the protests and the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff that has kicked into a high pitch and a fever pitch, excuse me, and with good reason. I have found that a lot of fans, not just basketball, just using that as an example, uh, treat or think of players as a commodity or an, or a, or, or an owner thing. You work for me. You play for me. I play, pay your salary. You do what I say. You're not allowed to have feelings. You're not allowed to have thoughts on this. Whether or not we like LeBron James, um, it's, it, I compare it to Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is one of the greatest hockey players that ever lived. I just said that. It hurt my soul. It's true, though. <laughs> Period. <laughs> LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players that has ever lived. Period. End of story. If you sit there and because you don't like what he has to say and he sucks, he should just he should just be a burger flipper without us. And that's not how that works at all. So social media is making a lot of people brave when, you know, one might only want equal rights. You know, you know, what's, what's interesting is, is you brought up a commodity that the players or the, the fans are treating players like commodities. Yeah. You know, I, to me. The players created that. How did we have to, I have to build my brand, right? How how much of, of brand building is involved in where a player plays? Like look at uh, uh, that nut job, uh, LaVar ball, right. And, and just trying to work his way to get his kid into LA and whatnot. And, And it's, it's all brand. And you hear, you know, like Nick Nurse, the, the head coach of the Raptors, has his own logo, right? These players have become 
consumable. They want to be consumable until you hurt their feelings and then they want to tell you that they're people, right? But we don't buy people, yet we're supposed to buy players. It's it's a really it's a really uh, weird dichotomy, I think. That's not that doesn't mean you own that player. You have a choice to buy on into that brand. You could simply just not buy into it. But once you give that player money, that doesn't give you ownership over that person. Absolutely. 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 But one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard is, is why when a player leaves through free agency as a fan, I should just, you know, smile and be happy for them and oh, thank no. them for everything that no, happened that's before. different. Like you're allowed to be emotional, but you can be absolutely angry about the game, about the player leaving your team. You could absolutely be emotional, but there, there's a line that's crossed daily, uh, bringing up the Ben Simmons thing. We all, we've all heard it. Dave and I had conversations, you know, for years about how the Sixers are never going to win a championship with Ben Simmons on that team. Isn't that funny how that's working out right now with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together? And I was like, (laughs) no, it's fine. But whether or not I was angry and I was mad, it's all, I can't deny it all over social media. How mad I, I didn't curse them out, didn't call them names. How mad I was at that performance against the, the Hawks at the end of the playoffs of that year. In no world did I cross the line where I decided to tell him what he should do, how he should do it, and where to shove it. Um, and, and you know what I mean, guys. You, you know the things that are slinged. At, 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 you, you, I don't have to elaborate. But like I was mad for like a day and a half. <laughs> and then I was like, well, oh, let's see what happens in the offseason. The the stuff I've seen said about the guy, you don't know him like that. You're not his family. Calm the fuck down. Pardon my French. I'm not editing that out. Sorry, guys. Um, but calm down a little bit. It's coming from me. I'm telling you to calm down. Never once if I can <laughs> never if once tell you to calm down, it's bad. Never once have I gone personal. Never once have I gone personal with it. Never once have I ta- taken a personal swipe at an athlete because I didn't like a play they, that they made. So, so what we're talking about is this an extension of the overall climate that social media has created? Is this just an extension of that where people have? It seems like we've lost our civility to some extent, where uh, yeah, because people are behind a keyboard. They can be safe and they can be nasty and they can be inappropriate with no repercussions. Yeah, I think it, yes. I think it, I think it started before that though, uh, and social media has has definitely proliferated that and and being able to say whatever you want because you're you're supposedly faceless uh, has gone beyond that. But the idea, I think, to me, the idea where because we're talking about two different things, right? Like when you were talking about drunk people getting into fights in the stands like that's not what we're talking about this is a whole different ball game and to me that really started and i don't know where it started exactly but it started with the idea that i'm a fan i bought this ticket and i have rights i'm a fan i bought this ticket i can say what i want the customer is always right which is wrong right you know my mom's watching hi mom customer's only wrong uh, you know, <laughs> it, always as, an a-hole. as a, as a fan, I, I think freedom of speech is, is one of the funniest things. I mean, as a Canadian, you know, we don't have <laughs> full on freedom of speech, quote unquote, as, as, as the Americans do. Freedom of speech control. is not what people think it is. Yeah. Well, fair enough. But, uh, you know, freedom of speech is like, and, and being able to hide behind that. Is, I don't <laughs> uh, know. Freedom of speech in America is being able to walk up to a black basketball player and say the N-word and not think there's any consequences for that. And that's not how freedom of speech works. That's just stupidity. That is stupid. Yeah. But I've seen it happen. (laughs) I've heard guys like, um, and and this is in minor league baseball, uh, when somebody's out there asking for an autograph and somebody won't do it. F you, your wife's a slut. What? Because he will not sign your baseball. Because he will not sign your Pawtucket Red Sox baseball card. Oh, uh, my favorite, 
My favorite stigma. These are grown so- grown men, not kids. Grown men, yes. I'm not talking about kids. But getting- well, they're Before there with I- their giant baseball book. Show me autograph, and they're flopping all over the place. Oh, before this is before his job. Nope. Before I moved down to this area, the 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 um and Greg, I'll I'll bring your point up here in a second. Uh, the the party line about Alexander Ovechkin was that he is a garbage human who doesn't care about the fans. And that was because one guy said he wouldn't sign his autograph. And then you find out because the guy waited for him after an eight hour practice in the parking lot. Nobody was like, no, I'm going home. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That's not how that works at all. These are still people. Uh, Greg says, I was bringing up the social media thing. Greg says, I have a couple things. First of all, Greg says, I once called Aubrey Huff a death spreading moron on Twitter, but I wouldn't do that just for having a bad day, a game. No, no, Aubrey Huff is a moron, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, Tim Capper Aubrey says, Huff, Aubrey Huff works hard to cultivate that image, by the way. Yeah, no, that's just oh, part of you his talk brand. About, that's part of him making say, money. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's his brand. Exactly. That's it. He loves it, though, no, but he is a dude. Candace Owens a, wants to evade Australia. <laughs> Ingest. I mean, I, no comment. Um, <laughs> I totally, I totally lost. Oh, yeah, uh, Tim yeah. Capper says it's true that social media has shed a brighter light on fan fights. Oh my God! See, it was no secret when you go to an Eagles game, there'd be like six or seven fights in the crowd, you know. And nine times out of ten, when the fight was over, they'd be spread out, they'd be separated, and everybody moved on. And some would go to the jail <laughs> or someone, someone get arrested. Um, My favorite part of working for the Patriots was walking by Gillette jail at the end of the day and seeing all the drugs passed out in there. <laughs> Jim Capper has a question. I don't know if you want to save this for the end. Here's a question for the group. Which sport has the worst fans? Arena football. Wow, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Montreal wow. Alouettes. Holy <laughs> Jesus. Montreal when they when they win or lose the Stanley Cup. My God. Which Worst is in, in what way, Tim? I'm kidding. Uh, I guess most misbehave. He says it's soccer, especially in Europe. Those fans are nuts. Yeah, English soccer fans. Yes. I'll tell you who's bad. And and purple flavored trash in the chat just said it. Purple said it. Southern professional hockey league fans. Wrestling fans. Uh, <laughs> I know it's yeah, not. You're not wrong, Dan. <laughs> I know it's not a sport, uh, but being on either side of the guardrail, as they say, it's pre- it's just pretty bad. It's it's really bad. Uh, a lot of things came to light uh, during pandemic about speaking out and uh, assault and abuse that was going on in wrestling in training schools by talent to fans, to other wrestlers. And the idea of most fans are, eh. anyway, I still like this guy, even though he's a piece of garbage. Mm. Uh, in, in my opinion, like, I, I, I can't really say too much about, about European soccer fans because that's really out of my realm of experience. How dare uh, you? My experience, like, in the stands. Dave, at, this is a podcast. You're not supposed to go on experience and logic. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, my experience in, in the stands, I would say the NFL. I would agree. And uh, like somebody said earlier, I think it was Tim said alcohol. Uh, exactly. Totally. Totally. NFL fans have not done themselves favors since uh, huh. a certain quarterback kneeled because God forbid he wanted to make a name for something. You know, I, I can tell you this. I have had more beer thrown at me at international soccer matches than than maybe like two to one ratio compared to Philadelphia fans, but it, well, it could least, be soccer fans. We're not even could good be, at that. Could be, could <laughs> be soccer fans. Uh, well, from my that, days that, working at a stadium, um, country music festivals are the worst place. <laughs> not Genesis fans. <laughs> No, the country country fest was you hated working country uh, fest. Anyway, sorry, Mark, I jumped in on you there. <laughs> with us, oh, with a singer. So it's um, yeah, you know, I never thought that's a good question, Tim. I've never had that thought. Who has the worst fans? I'm sticking to. I, I'm putting my hat in officially for wrestling fans. They're pretty terrible. People are pretty terrible. 
I mean that. Uh, I, I would put them against football. Maybe not international. So I think I think uh, football would uh, take the cake. Hmm. Are the days of hooliganism still with us in European soccer? You don't hear about that anymore. Well, th- that was more England. England was the one who yeah. were who were the ones having a lot of problems with the fans, or they would they would build these stadiums that everybody would just crowd into and crush people. Uh, that was a, a big travesty. Well, there's at, been uh, a, plenty of European tournaments or whatever or, or matches over the years where England where wasn't allowed. They would, yeah, they'd close the border or whatever. You're English, yeah. sorry, you can't you can't come in now. Yeah, and if you go to some England games, there's like if you're a way supporter, you have to go through a different exit entrance. You have to walk a different path. Like they don't mingle. You know, you go to an NFL game. You know, if I go to a Colts Jet game, Jet fans are mingling. You, you may hear some rubbing, but nothing, nothing major. That doesn't normally happen in the English Premier League. Correct me if I'm wrong out there. Based on some of the research I've done, if you're a way supporter, you sit in a certain section. If you want a beer, you have to get that before the game or at halftime. Is there a little moat separating them too? Uh, some stadiums are built like that. I, I remember being in Argentina at River Plate and, and seeing a moat with a tall fence because wow. some fans would rush onto the field because Boca Juniors and River Plate hate each other. Those are the two rivals. And uh, it, there's, there's a good episode called Rivals. It was on uh, Spike TV. They did a nice episode on how that club's run. And you're like, wow, it's, it's insane. Two things. Tim Capper says, um, I also think 45 and Bolden people too. 45 I've- and Bolden the people. P- present, the president, number 45. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he absolutely did. I, I, I said I think he stoked the flames of people who would otherwise oh, yeah. keep it to themselves. Um, yeah, he made them proud. Yeah, yeah, make him proud. Yeah. Uh, Greg says, even in MLS, they if you're an away supporter, they make you stay in the stadium for a half an hour after the game ends. Do they? In MLS? No. No, I've no. never seen that. Before. No, they don't. Where was I've this never seen it. Where was work, this at? I need wow. some. I used to work revolution games all the time. That's well, maybe in New England. Yes. Yeah. Where those 30 people, they could leave whenever <laughs> they wanted. He said in Orlando. Well, it is Florida. You know, I could see that at some venues. I could maybe see that in Portland if Seattle's in town or vice versa. I could see Cincinnati Columbus with, with a big rivalry. Doesn't that give people just time to go to their cars and get their weapons? I can see that. Soccer speaker. Oh, I know Cincinnati you know, and Louisville hate each other. They don't play in the same league anymore. If you're fighting over Major League <laughs> Soccer, something's wrong with your life. You this know, passion. We've, we've, we've sort of slagged on, on uh, soccer and we've slagged on football here, but I, I think they're – I think at, at the very least we do need to mention uh, Giants versus Dodgers fans where, like – tragically sadly it's it's really gone to a whole new level and and honestly i feel and maybe it's just because we're east coast people midwest east coast people um i feel kind of underreported you know when when i forget which way it was whether it was a giants fan brian stoke was a giants fan at dodger stadium yeah with like i mean it was reported but wow when something like that happens to to that level, like I feel Major League Baseball has to really come out and and, and you know do something or or um, the Dodgers and Giants need to need to really make a, a statement um, about what's going on. Like you, you Giants need to, need to really make. A, Sorry, I'm hearing my I'm hearing myself in the background. Wow, that's okay. crazy. It's <laughs> because I hit so my fat thumbs hit the other button, but still said you want to watch this video, and I don't. <laughs> but yeah, the, when you had like the some of the Black Lives Matters things, where where those teams would come together in the center and sort of like intermingle, a, a statement like that, I don't I don't recall seeing the Giants and Dodgers doing something like that. I think they did, but I could be wrong. I thought they did. And and like I said, maybe they did. And it's just, you know, I'm over here in the East and and asleep before anything happens over there. I don't know. Uh, Tim Capper says the CF Montreal fan section was banned from the stadium this year. 
Well, you know, there's there's an interesting the logo point. change, right? The um, in Toronto in Toronto Toronto FC actually had a supporters group that was uh oh I don't know what uh, decredited uh discredited uh I don't know what you would want to say uh, they were called like Immobiliari or something like that or <laughs> oh Inebriati Inebriati. Right. That, that tells you everything you need to know about that supporters group. Um, but they went to, I think, Ottawa. I think they had like a, a Canadian championship game in Ottawa or something like that. And, um, you know, they were throwing fireworks places and whatnot. And, and the team and the other supporters groups got together and basically banned this supporters group. Like, uh, so it was dissolved. Hmm. So, hey, CF Montreal fans are probably upset that they're still the club to foot. And they're not is that, yeah, it's, it, it feels like they have <laughs> really hated that, that name change, which there's some elements I do like about it, but you're right. Montreal Impact, I mean, can you imagine being a supporter group and being banned because you don't like the name, the new name or the new logo? That's <laughs> who knows? Those are crazy fans, but who knows? Passionate. Okay. So, we've, we've kind of slagged on like a little bit of everybody here. Yeah. Um, that's good. Everybody sucks. Let's let's. Where where have you seen where True. the the fans are really adding to the experience? Where where they're like they're part of it to that makes it so great. I would say a soccer match. I mean, you go. I would say soccer match. I would say for me, a high school basketball game in in Indiana, where you have the student section coming out in droves and they're they're dressed in in gear because they all get together and they say we need to dress up as something that is uh like we wear western outfits or we'll wear sports jerseys and they're doing push-ups and cheering and chants like for indiana high school sectional tournaments it is amazing to see that if you look at my newcastle field house video i i showcase some of that in in top form because it's a whole group of kids, 100, 200 kids, and then you have the other school's 200 kids, and they're going back and forth with chants, and, and nobody is saying anything negative or disrespectful. You're just trying to outdo the others, and I'm sure that's like that at the college basketball scene. Uh, I, I've seen it in IU and, and Butler, but uh, I definitely definitely pops up during sectionals for me when I'm, when I'm at high school games. Now, I, I've heard that... Uh and I haven't experienced this or really seen it, but I heard that like Duke fans oh, yeah. are take that. it like kind of the opposite way and, and take it a bit too far. Um, my, I mean, my experience, I, I still remember the first time I went slander tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I've, I still remember the very first time I went to a college football game and was absolutely shocked. Uh, at how family, f- fan friendly and family friendly the experience was. I, you know, far more women were going to the game, far more kids were going to the game than I had ever seen at like a uh, at an NFL game. Now I I can't say I've been to any huge rivalry games in in college football where you know I think it, it can get a little bit um, too far and get a little nasty, but I mean, I've been at places. I, I remember going to Akron, and they played uh, against Marshall, and there was a big contingent of of Marshall fans there, and they were doing their "We Are Marshall" thing, and you know, it was fine. Every, you know, everybody's fine. Uh, some of the best experiences I've had at bowl games, the Citrus Bowl or the Gator Bowl, and, and you kind of see the other team's fans at the end, and it's like, yeah, good game. Well, that was great, and you know, it wasn't this, it wasn't this rivalry that it was on the field and and you know so i i've i've had great experiences with college football and i'm not sure if everybody has had those experiences um you know wisconsin wisconsin was a, was amazing the people there were were fantastic around us uh paul and ov the one we just did i, I said you know the people around us at boston college were were fantastic they were they were welcoming and um and so much fun, uh, even Ohio state, like I had, I had fun at Ohio state and, you know, I wasn't worried about people around me, you know, cursing and swearing and 
you know, fallen over drunk or anything like that. I am, like I said, maybe it was just my experience. Maybe I was far enough away from the student section, but those college football experiences have been, have been wonderful for me. Yeah, I would have to gain, I would have to say the same thing with uh, like college basketball, uh, going to some college hockey games, going to college football. You see a certain element there that I don't see at the professional ranks. You see the student sections, you see the alumni, uh, you see uh, an element that makes you say, yeah, I'm at a college game. This is something different. You know, when I went to the Grey Cup in 96, I saw a unique element there that stuck with me. You saw fans from all over the country wearing their team gear, running around, uh, just having, whooping it up, having a party, having a good time. They were just there to see a good football game. Obviously, I think uh, some folks are, were wanting Flutie to win, uh, being so close to Toronto, but others who were from Hamilton probably didn't want to see that. Uh, so there was another, that was my first and only experience. I don't know what a Super Bowl would look like. You know, I'm thinking, oh, Super Bowl would be similar. It'd probably be a lot different. Maybe it'd be a lot more corporate, but uh, I would say the college ranks and definitely the high school ranks for me, uh, I see a huge difference compared to going to a Colts game or a Jets game or a White Sox game, things like that. Yeah. Great cup is, is sure unique. Like you'll see, uh, you know, Calgary and Toronto in the great cup and you'll see, Oh, there's a whole whack of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, and there's yeah, a whack yeah. of Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, and they're all decked out in their own gear, and and it's yeah. just one big, it's just one big party, and everybody's having a good time, and from wherever. Right. Yeah, I think Tim agrees with that. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> and if you watch those old Great Cup videos on YouTube, they they show some of the, like they they just don't show highlights of the game. They show the fans, the parade the pageantry, things of that. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a different element compared to the Super Bowl. One of the things that bothers me um, the most about fans that I've experienced, but 99 times out of 100 is, is positive, is going to junior hockey. Uh, usually great fans, but it really, really bothers me when people are yelling and screaming at the guys playing and, and, and just taking it too far. Cause you're like, this is a 17 year old kid, man. Like relax, you know, like I said, 99% of the time it's, it's great. You're just, you're there for your guys. And, uh, um, a lot of the, the season ticket holders, like they view it as, as like family. And of course you get like the billet families that are in there and everything. And, and so it, it does have that, that kind of family feel to it. But when, when you get some, uh, some, you know, rear end who's, who's yelling and screaming at, at some 17 year old or 18 year old kid. And just like, just like taking it way too far. It really kind of stands out and you're like, buddy, like get a life, you know? I don't know. I, I kind of extend that to any sporting event. If, <laughs> if you're at a sporting event where you're supposed to be there to enjoy the game and and it's affecting you to the point where you're going to get into a fight and you're going to endanger your livelihood or spend a night in jail or, or something like that, or blow thousands of dollars because of some stupid thing you did. Uh, Reevaluate your life choices. Of all the uh, hockey games I was ever at, I only almost got into a fight one time. And it was an AHL showcase game against the Hershey Bears and the Admirals in D.C., there wasn't even NHL teams involved, but I had just gotten my Chris Pronger. This was, that's how long ago uh, Flyers captain uh, winter classic Jersey. I had just gotten it. So I'm like, well, the caps and the Flyers aren't playing and I don't care about the bears of the admiral. I'm going to wear this. It's brand new. I want to wear it. I go there. Nobody said a word. The, the, the usher was making fun of me because I was a Flyers fan. That's as far as it went. He's like, oh, you're in the wrong building for that son. You know, I was like, uh, I know I'm lost. Help me. And, you know, <laughs> but one dude, we were at the top of the bottom bowl or like midsection between where there's those mid um, luxury boxes, I guess. And there was a dude up at the top yelling at me like, it seems not even playing tonight. It is three sheets to the wind and he's wearing a Capitals jersey. And I looked up, and I said, your team's not playing either, stupid. He goes, I'm going to come down there. I'm like, come down here. Never saw me. I don't think he ever made it down the stairs. 
<laughs> he jumped from the balcony. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I I chose my hat on, on purpose today and, and mostly just to razz Dan. Um, and I That's think true. we've all seen games in, in Philadelphia. I mean, to me, sorry, holy, so overblown the stories, right? Like, oh my gosh, Philly fans are the worst. Blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen any of that. You know, I've, I've gone to the Phillies maybe two or three times. I've seen the Flyers and been the Sixers a couple of times. You know, I've been they were to the, the jersey of the opposing team. I, well, I, no I, bullshit. I, I've, oh, I've oh, been. Is this, wait a second. Is this the nacho cheese portion of our podcast coming? Uh, nacho <laughs> cheese, Fig Newtons. I'm sorry. I don't believe. I don't believe. I, Mark, I love you. I don't believe. One iota that you were not giving them shit back, and that it, it that it that it that it. And the Philly fanatic came it. up and harassed me. Good, I'm glad he did. The Philly fanatic deserved to harass you. No, well, I, yeah, we, they were saying stuff. We were saying stuff back to them. Yeah, yes, yeah. but I no, was at a I was at an indoor lacrosse game. I had Fig Newtons and peanuts thrown at me. And if New somebody trashed, if New somebody threw New York trash, indoor lacrosse so New Jersey. Um. If somebody threw Newtons at me, I'd pick up. Well, maybe if they didn't hit the floor, I'd they were grab hard. They were brought in there right. to throw at people. They were Good. not there to, not there to <laughs> enjoy the tasty cookie. The Altoona Curve harass, mascot yeah. harassed me once because I said the Chompers was the better mascot. How dare you? Well, that's why he harassed you, Greg. <laughs> no, uh, I've I I've been to so many games at the vet, like think different Philly venues. Things happen, but I've never been witness to a thing where a bad thing has ever happened in a Philly game. Flyers, Phillies, Eagles. Eagles, by the time Eagles fans are so drunk by the end of the games these days, they don't even care. It's just like, they're one in five. I don't care. Um, But yeah, the closest I ever got to a fight was that it was in D.C. twice. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind here. Uh, some of the worst I've seen live and in person, Toronto Blue Jays. Really? Yep, absolutely. They keep I mean, DMing their friends that it. live in Philly about Joe Carter, and they don't want to hear about it. The worst. I let you off the hook this year, pal. No, you did. Totally. You did. You tried. You baited me, and I was like, I'm not doing it. I did not bait you. I did not put your name but on I, anything. But I saw yep. you share it. And I was Clap. like, God damn it, Dave. You just happened to last year I tagged you on it. So. You did. You did tag. <laughs> last year he tagged me on it. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch all of something. <laughs> but, but seriously, watch like watch that that crazy, I think it was what seventh inning, eighth inning with uh you know with the bat flip. Watch that. The amount of crap that is flying from the stands is ridiculous. And when it seems that whenever, a, you know, you get into that sellout range in, in Toronto for the Jays, you have a bunch of people who don't really know baseball, who, who don't know the etiquette of baseball, uh, who, who are there to, you know, say they were there. And suddenly this stuff flies on the, flies on the field. Right. And, and that's, I mean, to me, that's probably like the worst part when you're there is when the stuff starts flying. The bit, I want to bring it back around to wrestling for a second. The mid to late 90s, this is how I don't understand anyone wasn't arrested. There was this time there at the end of every WCW Monday Nitro where all the trash that had been accumulated in the arena that night was in the ring at the end of the night. Like thrown. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how nobody was arrested for that. Uh, mean Gene o- Okerlund got his nose broken with trash once. I, I've never seen it's that. That's where I'm like, wait, you guys know this. You guys are the ones that know it's a show. Why are you throwing trash in that ring? People got to clean that now. <laughs> but now it's all in one spot. Yeah, no, no. It's no. the janitor's job <laughs> easier. Yeah, yeah. We can just go in the ring and clean it up. I don't know. I've seen some rings that, uh, man, I know. Some, wow. I've seen some rings that I wouldn't take a bump on with a shirt on. 
let alone that in the late 90s. All the coke and everything going around. Never mind. Anyway. Worst uh, worst thing you've ever seen happen in an arena? Uh, the worst I've seen happen in an arena is the night Bernie Perrant got passed over by uh, 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 Mark Tent, some guy named Brodeur. Marty Brodeur. Uh, Brodeur. I, I forgot who he was. I forgot what team he played for. Well, I'm so glad I was there that night. Uh, but he passed Bernie Perrant for wins. And uh, there, <laughs> we're at the last row in the in the center. The last row. The w- only thing behind us is the wall of the arena, and it's me, an empty seat where the person whose tickets I bought didn't come. Two Devils fans wearing Devils and Giants gears, and Flyers fans all around. And these guys started chanting, "Bernie Perrant sucks." F you, Bernie. Where are you, Bernie? All this stuff. And I saw a guy climb three rows up and say, you better watch your back in the parking lot. And then other fans were like, yeah, yeah, you better get escort to the parking lot to the point where at the end of the game, I hauled ass out of there. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not I'm getting nowhere near this. I ran. I've never run that far. I've ran behind the center, behind the link, into the Jetro, over the, through the fence, into the car, got the hell out of there. I'm like, I'm not being a witness to any of this. I'm out of there. I don't know what happened. I never heard a news story about it. But I was like, oh, guys. Oh, I was moving over. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen fights in the park a lot at the Meadowlands after a hockey game, uh, whether it was Devils or, or coming out of a, a Giants or Jets game. Um, mostly the hockey games. I would tell you this, the craziest thing I saw was at a Saprisa game in Costa Rica. And uh, dinosaurs, you saw dinosaurs, right? We saw the the great no nah, the purple monsters, yeah. No, because the Costa Rica Jurassic Park never mind. Oh, okay. Well now their logo their their logo is a dragon, which sometimes looks like a dinosaur. Oh, okay. Anyway, oh yeah, I thought I was like, Oh, you knew that. That's the big purple monster. So anyway, no, I was going for a nerd yeah. jerk. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. The dinosaurs. Anyway, we're getting out. We're on the bus, and I don't know what happened. It was the bus was packed, and there was an argument. All of a sudden, a fist fight came out, broke out, and the bus stopped. And a bunch of fans just picked up this one guy and tossed him out the bus. <laughs> and they just moved on, and everybody went back to business. Bye. And my mom and my dad were there. My mom was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" My dad's like, "Ah, it's okay now." That's and they funny. just went, went back to their business. And, my, and I, when we got off the bus, my dad goes, he goes, what happened? And he's like, he's like, yeah, we, we had to get him out of here. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Crazy. No, uh, real quick. I just wanted to read Tim and Greg. Uh, Greg says, when I went to a Phillies game, the car parked next to me, had New Jersey plates. When I got back after the game, his tires were slashed. I've Ooh. seen that before. There is not a game that I left in the 90s and early 2000s where if I saw uh, a New York or um, if it was a New York team or a Jersey team and one of the play uh, that their tires weren't slashed or there was broken beer bottles under the tire. That I've yes, seen. I I've see seen that every time. Cars, yeah. What the about what uh, Tim Capper says? What about what happened on Tennessee recently when the Tennessee fans throwing at the Ole Miss head coach? Oh, well, the old Miss head coach was Lane Kiffin, who was the Tennessee coach for about five minutes until he decided he wanted to go to USC. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what what uh, what happened there. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. So anyway, uh, so my I got kind of two sort of different ones. Um, I said to me, the worst thing I saw and it was really kind of heartbreaking uh, one year uh, opening day for the Jays, um, you know, they sell the place out like crazy and they're, they were using like every possible spot. So we were up in the five hundreds at the back and spent way too much money for that because it's opening day. And there was a, a guy um, who was there, I think with his mom, he was, he was handicapped in like a really big chair, you know, did not have, I don't know exactly what was wrong with him, but he did not have full control of his functions. He was the kind of guy that you look at and you go, wow, I feel lucky to have my health kind of thing. And somebody threw, this is going to sound silly, but somebody threw uh, nacho cheese and hit this guy. 
with with his with the the cheese cup or whatever. So that was probably like the lowest thing I ever saw. Um, the scariest, I think, I was at one year the Yates Cup, uh, and I want to say '04. I think it was '04. And the Yates Cup is the um, the Ontario Conference champion uh, for football in uh, Canadian University football. So uh, it was at Laurier, and you know we uh, we we Laurier uh, were winning, and you know it was clear we were going to win. And coming close to the end, it was it was clear that some folks behind us were wanting to rush the field. Um, and they were planning on going straight down the bleachers instead of, you know, going to where the stairs were. And you just kind of felt this wave of, of people sort of pushing. And and that was probably the scariest feeling that I had ever had in a game um, involving, like, fan behavior. That would be pretty scary. Um, worst fight I ever saw. Um, actually, we look back at it fondly now when we talk about it. Uh, late 90s at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Uh, at one corner of the rink, you got two opposing groups who just started going at it and charging at each other. And you saw guys getting thrown over rows and other guys climbing over seats to get at other guys. It got to a point at one point where the players at a, and the play stoppage were watching what was going on in the stands with one of those with the hell looks. Uh, the, the reason why we remember this fondly is because it turns out that these were two church groups. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I remind you that scene in the life of Brian where it's the two groups that do the same thing, but they were opposing each other. <laughs> Splitters! <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we, we've talked for a while here about negative things that that happen between fans and players, fans and other fans. Do we need to correct this course? And if so, what are some things that should happen to make sports more inclusive, more welcoming, less violent? Let's get here. I say the players should be allowed to punch somebody in the face when they cross the line. It's like in wrestling, right? Uh, when like Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, well, well, yeah, but no, when a, when a fan goes over the guardrail and into the ring, fair game. You, you, it's over. You better get caught by the referee before you get caught by, like, Macho Man. I've seen Macho Man straight up punch dudes that have approached him in the ring. Pop, down. Wasn't I think there, a, like, wasn't there a great scene where uh, somebody, and, in, and I'm pretty sure it was Philly, at a Phillies game, they decided they were going to, you know, run the field or streak or whatever. And uh, the security was like, yeah, enough of this. We're not, we're not going to chase this guy. And they just tased him. Yeah. Yep. That, to me, that's that. That's a, if, if there's a streaker, that's the part I want to see. I want to see the guy get taken down. I want to see him fly. I want to see him run past room. some player who just clotheslines them. And, you know, um, Unfortunately, you know, the only time I've seen somebody on, run onto the field was during the uh, outdoor classic at Citizens Bank Park between the Phantoms and the Bears. There's some guy in one of those, I believe this is real fake Flyers Quakers jersey that was made. People thought it was going to be an old Philadelphia Quakers jersey instead of what it was. He ran over the guardrail and got caught immediately. And I was like, well, that was boring. He didn't even go anywhere. I remember a Bills game where a guy uh, rushed the field and ended up with more yards rushing than the Bills did. He 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 had about 95 yards <laughs> before they got him. And the Bills were playing the Saints that day. That was absolutely they were absolutely horrid. <laughs> but no, I think I I think I of course I'm joking about the violence thing, sort of, but I do think there should be well if you want to talk about this guy, you should be able to meet him face to face and say it right to his face. Have fun. Uh, even playing field on that point. You know what I mean? I'm I'm all for the the band for life thing that they're talking about. My worry is is that it's just not enforceable. Right. Like I you know, how many does security have like 
wanted posters up there. This man shall not. You know, you could ban somebody from life from a bar or a restaurant, but I think a stadium, you could say it, but I'm sure it's hard to enforce unless you have like every year you're going to have to train people and go, this guy, Jim, don't let him in. My, my brother-in-law and I, we laugh all the time. uh, Every, uh, every homecoming, there was this one homecoming at Laurier when a, when a dude, he, we have all you have to say is one word, sweater vest. The student in a sweater vest just was totally plastered, was being a, a complete ass, ended up getting thrown out. And then 20 minutes later, we see him back in again. Same guy, no sweater vest, right? Yeah. So, so it makes you wonder, like, I'd, love to, I'd love to know that, like, that dude in Utah, you know, has gone up and has been turned away. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't think that it's plausible. I don't think it, it happens. And if it does, you know, holy, get your conspiracy theories out where, you know, at, at, at basketball arenas, they have facial recognition, you know, software. And, and yeah, I was going to say, it might come to that where watching. it might come to that where big red light goes on as you try to walk in like, you know, sir, you were banned in 2008. Get out. Uh, Greg says there was a Dutch soccer game a few years ago where a fan ran onto the field holding a knife and ran straight at the goalie who tripped him and pinned him to the ground until security arrived. Then the ref gave the goalie a red card and the team walked off and feel on the, off the field in protest. Actually, wow. you know, that, that line, uh, that story sort of sparked a memory and um, where it like really scary where that dude, uh, I forget which tennis match it was or which tennis tournament. Oh, it was, but he came down and he, yeah. he stabbed uh, Monica, Monica Sellers. Yeah. And that's where it gets, you know, that's where it gets scary. At that yeah, point, I, I'm okay with 30 people stopping you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I I said it. It's on record. At that point, you deserve a stomping. Or at the White Sox game about 20 years ago, you had the father and son attack. Oh, you, yeah, right? right after the first base coach. The first base coach for the Royals, I believe. And, yeah. Yeah, and their attitude was, oh, he had it coming. He was it was like no. a 75-year-old guy. Yeah. yeah. No, they no, he didn't. Uh, Chicago, you mentioned Chicago. I like breaking this up. Not the White Sox. The White Sox are, I don't have anything against the White Sox. I used to love Robert Ventura. Um, the Cubs. We talk about fan base. We can't go a show without mentioning Steve Martin and what the fans ruined his life period. There's no debate on this. I don't think any of you three will disagree with me. They've ruined his life. Well, it was and all it's part like, of their, their lore of great disappointments. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. You it's know, all Billy this Go, guy's black cat now and Steve Bartman, but they ruined well, his life. And, and I'm like, that's that's a line crosser. Like, it had nothing and, to do with him. And how many years did it take for some of those players to say, well, wait a second, you know, we could have won the next game. 20 years too long, Dave. We could have not given up how yeah, many Moises, runs after yeah, that. Moises, yeah, right? Moises said, I don't think I was going to be able to catch that ball. Of course, he says that years later. He also too used late. to pee on his hand. He had to do well, it too to late. And that's we just had – we just had – um you know, PTI's 20th anniversary. And oh God, how long did it take for Mr. Chicago to actually say, okay, enough's enough, right? Like, and he would sort of passively, aggressively, you know, refer to, to this incident, uh, you know, while well, I know it's silly, but, you know, I just can't help but blame the guy or like, well, really? Come on, yeah. seriously? Who's Mr. Chicago? Mike Wilpon. Wilpon? Yeah, Mike Wilpon. Yeah. Well, it's just like, was it Alex Gonzalez was their shortstop that year for the Cubs? He muffed an easy double error. play yeah. that would have would have ended that inning. And no oh, one that son of a bitch, Bartman. It. No one talks about that. They let up eight runs. They lost the next game when they were up 3 nothing. You know? I can't recommend the, the ESPN uh, 30 for 30 on Bartman. That's, yeah. That's- that's what Such made me mad all over again, Paul. Such an incredible <laughs> show. That made me mad all over again. I'm like, yeah, you know what? The Cubs don't deserve this. I don't care how mad that makes them. You don't and, deserve that. And what the Cubs did, especially, I mean, well, before they won the World Series finally, is that they were just laming. They would, they would just get upset over things. They still talked about the Black Cat in 1969 and the Billy Goat and the curse of it. And, 
you know, Leon Durham and, and all these things that happened and where you had White Sox fans who just got over it. You know, they had the Black Sox scandal. They, they had a terrible pennant 67 where, you know, they had that. They had to win. They lost five in a row to the worst teams in the league and allowed the Red Sox to pull ahead. Then they didn't sit there and complain about it. And, and Steve Bartman was just part of that lineage of, yes, let's, let's, here's another reason why we lost. Uh, lost a game and failed to make it to the World Series. Steve Bartman, and you know, I I don't know, I don't. What is he doing these days? Is he? He's hiding he, still. He's is hiding. he still hiding? He still hides, even though they're well. Didn't he get a World Series ring from the? No, he, he, I think they, they I tried think to give he, him one, and he just said to shove it. Yeah, I think he told him to shove it up their ass. Which really? And I think he when, dude, he ruined his life. He had to quit his job and move and sell his house. Mm. You better give me a contract and pay me if you want me does to take this does ring. He, does he still? I would have sold it. I would have said, okay, I'll sell it. No, he told him to shove it. And I does he does he still live in Chicago or no? He lives he outside of Chicago. I'm somebody not tracked him down. Yeah, somebody tracked him down. A, a reporter. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and this was years ago, so I could be. This could be totally out of date. Yeah, I remember and that at years the time. Ago. He was still in hiding. Hmm. I hope he's not in hiding anymore. If anybody knows, tell us, because I really hate to think that 18 years later, this guy is still hiding, especially since they won the darn World Series. Oh, I don't think he's hiding. He just, I think it, he at just this shut point, up. Oh, it was me. Or the I don't think it's hiding. I think at this point, he's like, I don't want anything to do with you. You've ruined my yeah. life. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would be curious if that, ha- like another fan base, if that happened to, you know, that was a Met fan that screwed up the best chances of winning or you know they do their own job doing that but then again met fans are you know met fans have nolan ryan syndrome uh anytime the mets get rid of or trade a player they oh my god he's gonna be doing well look at travis denard he's in the world series we let him go ah and it just it drives me nuts on the message boards but that's another time front of the show yeah so speaking of another time and another show that's probably where we should end tonight's show so how about that for a transition? So thanks everyone for for uh, following us, watching us, listening to the show. Um, we're so glad to have you. So appreciative of your patronage. So Dan, uh, if our listeners would like to hear more from you, where can they follow you online? You can follow me online at all social media platforms at DanLaw83. Mark, how about yourself? Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, Ballpark Hunter across social media, all social media platforms. Uh, check out my latest video of Indiana High School Sunken Gems. It's getting a lot of attention. Uh, see what all the hype is about. So Ballpark Hunter across your favorite social media platforms. And Dave, where can our listeners follow you on the interwebs? Uh, Profan9 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. So remember, everyone, you can follow, you can find all of our 2,500 and counting stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Uh, you can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast just by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever podcast search app you use. A video simulcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page, just like the one you're watching right now, if you're watching this. Our classic back catalog of episodes can still be found at DOCNation.com. And join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. Um, are we going on to a, going to do a visit segment, guys? Or? And we do that after we end this episode. After this one, okay. So for we those talk of you about who are watching, after. we probably should have mentioned that beforehand. But anyway, for those of you who are watching the live stream, we're going to review. You can stay tuned. We're going to review our recent road trips in just a few minutes. For those of you who are listening or watching this at a later time, check out part two of this week's episode, wherever you found part one. Uh, In two weeks, we'll be back again. We'll be talking to our old friend, Andrew Bowes, and talking about college football. So once again, thanks everyone for your support. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road. Across the desert, bear man, I breathe the mountain air man. I've traveled, I've had my share man, I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.